Oh boy, welcome back to another week of Ballin' Out Mark's Times. How did you know? How did you know I would say that? Wow, Alex, it's it's so cool you were able to get here so fast from Japan. <laughs> yes, um, funny fact, it's exactly the same as Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, I have nothing to say about it. (laughs) It's almost as if I never left. (laughs) Um, I'm here with my normal co-hosts. I'm Alex. Hello, I'm back from Japan. That's where I am. What week is it? (laughs) Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Jeremy College Hammond. Hi. Katie, the Rose. Rose Leon. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Pluck me. Ew. Uh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> what would a rose say? I don't know. Smell me. Look out for my thorns. Yeah. There okay. you go. You could have said, Katie, uh, uh, every rose has her thorn, Rose Leon or some shit. No, the, what a rose would say is, uh, want to feel a little prick? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oi, Mises. <laughs> <laughs> and that final guest you're hearing, no, he's not from Jolly Old. It's Will Maneker. Hello. The best, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't matter what week this is or where we are because, you know, the philosophies and teachings of Karl Marx are uh, eternal and timeless. By combining materialism with dialectics, we all know to yell Marx times. <laughs> <laughs> Anime is the arrow and Marxism is the wind. <laughs> did you write for this show? <laughs> I did. <laughs> This is the only work I've gotten in years. <laughs> Please hire me. <laughs> well, it is funny you mentioned that because I have been uh, sussing out this idea over the past couple ones of these that we recorded that I want to do a all-star uh, fan dub of the Marx anime. Oh, that would be great. And so far, all I have down for sure is that Felix has to play Karl Marx. <laughs> Uh, well, and put no effort into a voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like Karl Marx, Felix is also, uh, his thinking is very organized, but his apartment is very messy. So. I'm not shocked to hear that. <laughs> That's the thing, though, is Felix would be a more accurate portrayal of Karl Marx than Karl Marx in the anime. <laughs> Who has, like, pressed clothes and just like looks like he smells okay yeah so i mean this is the first time i'd seen uh i'd seen an episode of um uh, balling out Karl marx <laughs> um but i mean it, it's clear that they they have made uh marx and angles both into absolute snacks i mean they're both uh, just just dreamy and like every time they're on we so this is the third episode of the the show yes this is okay to properly introduce the show as i have never done before this is episode three of the leader the chinese state produced anime um regarding the life and legend of karl marx number one chinese philosopher karl marx <laughs> 
And the show is, surprise, not really about anything. <laughs> well, it's about Marxism. It's about the, the science of Marxist-Leninism. Marxist it's and like Animal Planet. Making people horny for dialectics. <laughs> it absolutely did. I mean, so I, I gather in this episode is the first one where Marx and Engels spend any real time together. And it really is. I mean, most of the time they're they're talking about the, you know, how social conditions are driven by material conditions and the philosophical um, movement of s- social apparatus. No, but it's basically just you want them to kiss the entire oh my time. Because when they're not so talking close. about that, the they're tension? talking about how much they love each other. It's just the them. tension was palpable. There was stuff in the air, direct <laughs> eye contact, holding hands, inspiring each other. I'm uh, imagining long debates that like leans into rough sex. (laughs) I mean, just like gingerly leaving tea at the door. She's like, they're just wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a real, it's a real meeting of the minds and, you know, they spend like, you know, 10 hours talking to each other about the conditions of the, the working class in England and, and the rest of Europe. Um, they walk along the docks together and they write letters to each other and it's just I, I don't know which one was cuter I don't know well if I you think... keep summarizing the show we cannot go more than 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about something else <laughs> um, uh, although Katie's point very interesting um, Jenny's character does not look dissimilar from Anne Hathaway in Brokeback Mountain. It's the true. model. <laughs> Think about similar. it. Both Snowy windows. And long brown hair and and then looking dumb. <laughs> you, you boys ain't talking about philosophy up there. Oh no! Go cats. break up that cat fight. <laughs> Dude, the cats are fine. Wait, 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 break up that cat fight. What did uh, did, did Bauer walk into the room? He's about. <laughs> He's about to get roasted for his social critique. Of <laughs> critique. Bruno Bauer in episode one, the fencing boy. So I think uh, the way that we had started this the past two times uh, was to talk to our guest about your experience with Marx and what did you know about Marx coming into this? Were you a oh Marx kid growing up? <laughs> so, I was, yeah, I was one of those, you know, those kids in high. It was in that click. I was in that click in high school. Yeah. Oh yeah, just working on Marx fanfic. I was in the play, but I was always curious about Marx. I had friends who watched Marx. <laughs> Obviously, a big fan of his uh, philosophy and uh, you know uh, socialism in general. Um, but Were yeah. you as a child? No, of course not. We should, have never should've... actually taken this angle before, but <laughs> that should it should have met. <laughs> This shit is mad boring, as I just learned from the uh, as I just learned from watching this TV show. Um, cannot emphasize enough how much children will be turned off from socialism by watching this. No, I th- actually, I think they'll like it. I mean, this is like again. I think if, uh, like I said, I was sort of amazed at like what a fairly straightforward and dry recitation of the facts of Marx's life and they're just like have you ever really wondered what the writing of the critique of the Gotha program was like (laughs) well here's what it's like it's him sitting at a desk writing it in real time but like and then smiling broadly thinking about like Engels just golden hair and you know just gleaming eyes because that's what this whole thing is is it's just like it's it's like you read the Wikipedia page of the life of Marx and then just chop in every like you know, five to ten minutes, them throwing their heads back in laughter. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 ha. 
You know, like the way people on a first date laugh at stuff that isn't funny? That's what Marks and Eggles do this entire episode. But on the topic of, of the date vibe to this all, uh, for people at home who have uh, either played Dream Daddy or watched us stream Dream Daddy, every single time they say something to each other, the other reacts as though the heart and eggplant emojis are shooting out of them. <laughs> Only the best answers critiquing Bruno Bauer <laughs> and his bullshit ideas. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, this episode and, and this episode in the series in general, I'm assuming, it reminded me a lot of uh, the David Cronenberg movie about Freud and Young, oh A, my a God. Dangerous Method. I could talk about that movie all day and why I, I, I wish it was better, and I love David Cronenberg. <laughs> but it had sort of the same kind of it's vibe where like they a meeting of the minds, and then it's just like, they have their wives, but it's just they're really in love with each other, and like yeah. they just they want to talk about they their just, ideas. They just want to talk while the women go sort it out for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Does anything happen in that movie? Well, there's spanking in it. There's yeah, like sex there's, stuff, There's too. like a lot of sex my stuff, heaven. but... But I wish uh, I have a whole. I, you wish there was more sex stuff. I okay. So I love David Cronenberg. Thank and you. He's I, my favorite filmmaker. He's my favorite filmmaker as well. But also, I'm like I've been like a lifelong like weird obsession over Carl Jung because he's such a weird nut job. And like I think uh, Freud should have been more Jewish because his whole thing was that he was obsessed with Carl Jung because he was this like perfect little German man that could go put his ideas where his Jewish ass couldn't. And then. <laughs> Carl Jung was an austere clinical sociopath, and they made him way too like uh, like likable in that movie. If you can even he and he lost his mind because he kept knocking up women. Uh, he uh, he married this lady, and he gave birth to a bunch of daughters, and then he cheated on her a bunch, and then the mistress moved in, then she had a bunch of daughters, and then he went crazy and built a stone house in the backyard, <laughs> and just went full on mysticism and did a bunch of crystal shit and made a giant red book. I'd like to build a stone house. But anyway, they just skipped that whole thing, and they're like, yeah, you know, Kieran Knightley went and been horny and wrote some books too and it was great <laughs> oh and then like and, and then but also in the end titles of the movie is they're like oh yeah also her and her whole family were killed by the nazis yeah whoops <laughs> <laughs> but still worth watching so, so that's my i mean like whereas like the the the, the sex in, in the leader television series is like of course not explicit because it's made by the chinese it's government in cutaways. but yeah. you know it's like it's it's in it's in the looks it's 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 implied you know it's a this is what's the what's the genre of of a manga that is just like like two pretty yaoi. men and yaoi this yes. is karl marx and frederick engels yaoi named after the noise you make when you watch it <laughs> this is this is soft core Yowie. Yeah. Softcore philosophy based Yowie. Yeah, but, I remember what that's but the called, ideology that is hardcore. Yes. They go yeah. full you see you see full praxis. The it cover is. of volume two is just Arnold Ruga blushing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, I'm not I don't think we talked about this before. Maybe we have. Not a lot of women in the show. Weird. Weird. It, this must be like the one show where that happens. It must be the one show, the one time history decided to glaze over that, the one time like anything decided to not let that happen. It's like really shocking. We don't check in with Jenny almost at all. And from nope. the perfect woman state, China, the People's Republic. No. no. <laughs> yeah, her role in this is very like, her. she just... Yeah, brings them tea when they're uh -huh. having fun together in the study and occasionally offers like a joke 
Yeah, she. I mean, they like her. They don't. She doesn't leave the room, and then <laughs> Carl is like, "I don't know what to do with this fucking." <laughs> I think the only thing that she gets to do in this episode is uh, deliver the line that they're having financial troubles to their maid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ooh, he later fucks. Uh, She's right around the corner with it. That's what she said. When I was like a young person in, in like abusive relationships, but like in denial about it. So I'm like, if I just don't leave the room, they can't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Back when you were dating Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for Will's benefit, you should know Jenny did have a slightly bigger role in the previous two episodes where they were building up to her marrying Carl. But now that they're married, because that's how this episode started, they've just put her on a shelf <laughs> right away. Jenny's right where you left her. No, as we said, this is all about the, the love between him and, uh, and, and Angles. And, you know... They had money problems before. They don't now because they found a, a sweet old sugar daddy in uh, in old Frederick. Yeah, um, he he shows up with the book sales check and he's like, <laughs> "Surprise! <laughs> our our critique of Bauer <laughs> made so much money. Those, fuck, those royalties. That's ooh, that's sweet." Yeah, I mean, I know this was the joke book, but you <laughs> the know, Bauer joke book. It worked for cherry pie, so uh, it worked for us. <laughs> How many Hegelian dialogues? Can you fit inside of a light bulb? <laughs> uh, can we talk about uh, the scene where um, we're introduced to Angles, and you know he's back home. Uh, he's in he's in England, and he's walking along, and we we meet like this uh, this little urchin who's uh, she's shining shoes on the street, and she's shining the shoes of another child for a penny, <laughs> and then she's like. I saw your shoes, Governor. Can I have me penny? And then, like the kid's mom is just like, "No, you little shit. Those shoes, you suck at this job." And just like kicks her and walks away. And Angle sees this and he's like, "Hmm, oh, little girl, you can shine my shoes, but I'll pay you." And then I was like, "She had." Like, I don't care if you're not good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, that's what that's what socialism is really about. Making sure that the bad workers get paid too. <laughs> Everybody all, gets all a these, farthing. These lazy shoe shiners out here. Um, no, but then like I was, it's just, like this little girl, and I was like, does she have like some like like a birthmark on her forehead or something? And then like she Engels follows her home to the you know hovel she lives in with thirty other people, and then she like tells a story about how she was you know. I don't know, being a, uh, you know, factory worker. a coal eater and a, uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, so someone they send in to like clean out the gears of, yeah, um, some giant um, steampunk contraption. Yeah. Um, and she said that she, you know, uh, got tired at work and fell asleep on the job and like the, the factory foreman uh, branded her forehead with a hot iron and then nailed her ear to a table. Nailed her ear. <laughs> Here's the thing. It wasn't just that the conditions are bad. It's that if you uh, get sleepy, they start crucifying you at work. <laughs> to be fair, though, I'm like pretty sure shit like that happened all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it did that was happen. a casual punishment for a child. Yeah, it, it does like fit in as the perfect uh, device for the propaganda show, though, where the Chinese state comes in like, this is what it was like before Mao, is you would get sleepy and they would just start biting your toes off. <laughs> As a lark. <laughs> Unlike our factories now, which are perfect. Yes. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they installed, before, yeah, in, in, you know, before Marx, there were no suicide nets. They just, <laughs> let, 
they just, just, they just let people kill themselves <laughs> rather than saving them and sending them right back to making your iPhone. They thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're pretty firmly into the episode now. Should we just do the recap? Let's just do the recap. Um, I, I feel like we have so much more to say about this orphan. <laughs> I yeah, well, I will just say like uh, Angle's uh, reaction to the orphan not getting her penny and like you could shine my shoes and then meeting her family feels a lot like when uh, like a woman talks about a really harrowing uh, experience of misogyny and they're like and they said I was ugly and like you know I couldn't even blow them because I'm so fat and a guy's like well you could blow me I would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if you blew me. And then they're like, "Hey, I I just was talking to some of my other women friends and this stuff happens like all it happens a lot. Did you know that?" And you're like, "Yeah, dog, I live here." <laughs> I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> my dad owns a factory dealership. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angles is, you know, one of the original good ones, you know. Um, you he know, I'm not like I'm defending him because I'm, you know, also a rich kid who uh, dabbles in socialism mm-hmm. or anything like that. No. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, this is the, the leader does. Your father owned the racism factory. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, no, the, the the show and like it's, uh, you know, Marks and Angles, and they're talking about ideas and writing letters and articles and like, and it really just reminded me like that they were posters. This was like the original posting is that you would have pamphlets and write people letters and they'd be like, I saw your, your, that thread you did on Hegel and it really, it spoke to me. <laughs> right. And you know, I'm like, this, this reminds me of, of me. This is like when I met Matt for the first time, right? we were like, big, <laughs> I, big things are going to happen. <laughs> I loved your critique of the 4chan critique. <laughs> <laughs> The the part where they get the envelope of money for their dry ass uh, philosophy book was the part that registered for me. Like, oh, this is like when they made a hundred dollars off of t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the um, the, all the balling out uh, super t-shirts are produced by children with their ears <laughs> nailed to uh, the floor. <laughs> I'm nailing them myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Katie runs the factory. We, <laughs> under capitalism, we all need to work, and that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Lick my boot and type masculinity correctly. Okay, get at it. But yeah, no, they're all they're all male children. Let's let's let's, let's, yeah. Be clear on this. Well, let's not yeah. get crazy. Yeah. Rest assured, all of these children are canceled. <laughs> <laughs> we run a sweatshop full of mayo asses. <laughs> they've, yeah, been, I, they've been c- 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 canceled by tuberculosis. <laughs> I actually run a feminazi training camp where I take young girls and teach them how to make men lift their boots at the balling out super t-shirt factory. It's part of our giving back program. Yeah. It's unpaid labor all around, but you know, we have fun. Um, how much do you think a penny like got you back then? Well, just a clean pair of shoes at least. <laughs> you know what? That is a great, great point. They told you exactly how much it gave you. 
Um, a lot, a lot of time spent in the orphan Annie barracks this episode. When you follow the girl home, Engels goes and he sees all the other girls. She's not the only one there. She's the only one there with like an ear that's been ripped out of her head. I don't know. We didn't get to know those faces. Yeah, we didn't masses. get a close up of those ears. I bet there was some like fun gangrene going on, some <laughs> like acid spilling. Like we don't know. A lot of frowning in stovepipe hats. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cut of angles with one tear running down his cheek like Lit- because someone littered but literally though there was a lot of sparkling crying anime eyes in this which I love yeah. there's a lot to cry about I totally got it <laughs> this wasn't like the branch episode last last yeah. time we did this They're like they won't let us take the lord's branch and we're like it's 100 200 years later that means nothing to me <laughs> don't understand what you're talking about (laughs) okay so this is a big turning point for angles he's in england at this point this is before he visits carl he's visiting all of the saddest orphans they have around um he's learning different lessons about christmas (laughs) it is at this point he has a realization that wage slavery is actually fucked up (laughs) <laughs> he says that out loud. The different plot points of this show are people saying out loud discoveries they're having. So this is the show. <laughs> and the famous quote is that the condition of the British working class is uh, they're not uh, they're not they're not they're not slaves because they're not sold all at once, but piecemeal every day. That's true. Mm-hmm. Which is a quote I did not write down as I was eating a lamb gyro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a monocle and smoking a huge cigar, <laughs> eating oysters in, yeah, in, a, in, a, in a top hat, it's just laughing like, at these these losers. This whole show is kind of like that uh, Chloe Sevigny uh, drag queen where uh, every time they're like, it's recently come to my attention that religion's the opiate of the masses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that brings us into the next scene. So Engel's realizing that um, he doesn't like when children are stapled to desks. <laughs> visits France for his old senpai, Carl, who's never noticed him before. Mm. <laughs> well, they, they implied that they had met before, but like they, they had beef, you know, it was like some, 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 you know, Twitter spat, you know, yeah, so they, the, he's like, you were a young Hegelian and you were one of those filthy young Hegelians. And I'm sorry, I was sorry. I went in too hard, but you know, this but, would be like, if you were like a Twitter donut fighting a Twitter, uh, rose emoji or something. Exactly. So you this, just dismiss them right out. This did happen in the last episode where uh, Engels shows up to uh, Marx's uh, uh, office or wherever he was working at the time. And he's like, hey, man, I love your work. I'm a real, real, real big fan, real big fan. And then Carl's just like, I'm too busy writing about fucking tree law. Get out of here, you dork. <laughs> the only person I want to talk to right now is a goddamn sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to run away from the office. Uh, but he's back now, and yeah. Carl is ready to talk. Yeah, this shit is so like my life. <laughs> it's about it's about how they it's about how Marx and Engels created uh, Patreon and liberated the world <laughs> from doing productive work ever again. <laughs> who do you who do you feel was the Engels in your life, Will? Well, no, I'm saying I'm the Engels in my oh, life. Okay. <laughs> No, that makes more sense. <laughs> Virgil is Bruno Bauer. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, uh, Amber he is was Arnold Ruga. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so Engels and Carl hit it off right away. Uh, he apologizes that he was so rude to him back in Prussia. And he uh, says that we should write about poor people in my wonderful magazine I have with cool guy Arnold Ruga. And then Arnold Ruga is behind them and is like, stop fucking writing about poor people. <laughs> this magazine's bullshit now. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was also worried that, you know, they're getting too radical and they've, uh, you know, sort of uh, got on the radar of the Prussian authorities. Yes. Yeah, it's like, can't you just keep, like, writing about, you know, like, listicles, <laughs> seven cool ways to vote? <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to turn Carl into, like, a pod save style philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> Can't we do a little feature with, like, Pripahara? Like, wouldn't that be fun? Why don't we just, like... Like, you can go and talk at the factory, but it's, like, a hundred bucks a seat. I don't see why that's... <laughs> that's not something we're doing. <laughs> uh, he's he's mad at well, him. Well, actually, a uh, uh, little known fact, um, on the uh, on the uh, Bauer Save Austria uh, podcast... <laughs> They actually, they actually did have a young Karl Marx, aka Felix, uh, at one of their forums, but they uh, edited him out of the final pamphlet. That's a true story. <laughs> For going off about tree law, <laughs> the one topic Felix is not allowed to talk about. <laughs> Tree law is Syria, I guess. I don't know. The metaphor is confusing now. <laughs> Wait, what was, what, what, what was Marx is on about tree, trees? He was into... And, and uh, you weren't on the, uh, for your podcast, the young Karl Marx episode, right? Because uh-huh. this is a big part of that movie, too, is the tipping point for Marx and his radicalization was the peasants were no longer allowed to collect the Lord's branches off of his land. Oh, okay. Which was seen as a harmless... Uh, social sharing for people to I don't know what they're doing so with like the if branches you, if, you took, if you took like if you took a lord's twig you could get hung for it or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they were back in Zelda days and they needed the branches to, to like trade for swords uh, well, it was like the really annoying early part of the game where you don't have any weapons yeah <laughs> you have to use the branch so they're crippling all these noobs your cat's really hell bent on not laying this alright I'm gonna put waffles in the other room hold on this happened the last time that we we did a Marx episode too, leading to the theory that uh, uh, <laughs> that Waffles is Fallon gone. <laughs> Shen Yun, yeah. Experience three thousand years of Waffles. <laughs> the history's longest cat. <laughs> Okay, well, he's banished now. He can't, he can't enact his revisionism on the podcast. He's literally trying to hit the space ball. <laughs> Shut the shit off. He's been sent to the countryside, like in the Cultural Revolution. <laughs> he has much to learn from Luna. He has much to learn from... He has much to learn from labor. <laughs> he's gonna jump on a smaller cat in the other room. Um, so, yeah, Arnold Ruga is saying that he's too radical for his journal, and they he kind of splits off with Engels, ho- almost literally holding his hand in this scene, and the other guy they're with, I forget who that is, but he's there, and he's clearly the third in the room. He's and He's like, I'm just going to let you guys... I'll yeah. let you two get to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite a fortunate meeting. 
like we all know they're banging but we can't say it out loud so <laughs> we're just gonna leave and let them have that illusion they keep wiggling their fingers together while they talk about alienation of labor <laughs> <laughs> and it's uncomfortable to be around <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is pretty early on in the episode. This is like ten minutes in, yeah. and then from this point on, no more plot happens in the rest of the episode. <laughs> it's just like two spooning fancy boys <laughs> talking about philosophy and uh, workers' locations. communism. <laughs> I think the only other like substantial plot point is that uh, Marx gets uh, banished from uh, France and sent to Belgium. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I have more notes, but from this, <laughs> this is when they just start saying like we have to forge the weapons of philosophy, and they're in front of a peer, and they're uh, holding each other, and they're talking about uh, the, the German ideology, and they have all these ideas for books. They're gonna start a fucking B and B. How weird <laughs> would that be? <laughs> you go in. It's not pancakes this time. It's ideology. <laughs> We're the only ones who do that. (laughs) They love all of each other's ideas. They have to move from France to Belgium because the Prussian government has uh, gotten through the request to give us the Carl. (laughs) Carl fucked up our branch law. (laughs) It pissed off the governor. Um, and there's every time they show policemen in this show, they don't animate their faces well enough. So you just picture on the other side of the border, just like six dolls all holding hands, waiting for Karl Marx. Yeah, weren't they being followed? Yeah, there's one part like there's, <gasps> there's like an like a guy with like a upturned like trench coat yeah, and like hat a, following them the around. The detective from Loop, Loop on the Third. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it was like some fucking uh, Matrix bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> It's those weird twins from The Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Frederick, the Nightmare Matrix had flaws of its own. (laughs) It was after the Paradise Matrix we realized that they needed the choice. And then they, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, Carl and and Frederick, they they go to hang out with the uh, the the Merovingian, the the Merovingian. (laughs) They have tea with him. He's the only one who's buying the critique of cult, critical critique. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that's their one patron. <laughs> oh boy. You know what? We brought this up, but I don't think we really hammered in how much they laugh at their own ideas. <laughs> Because on pier scene number four, when they're just coming up with more book ideas, they're like, what about, like, uh, 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 lolcats? Uh, <laughs> number three, uh, there's, like, we need a critique of uh, Bruno Bauer's critique because his sucks. They're like, what if you call it critique of cultural critique? And then individual close-up shots of both of their teeth going like, <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, reminds me of my own experience. <laughs> If, this episode felt like falling in love to me. <laughs> it was really intimate. They're very close talking. I felt like philosophy started being a stand-in word for lovers. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. They say it so much while directly staring at each face, and it's like when you have such an intense crush on someone, but you can't like cross that line because it's going to make your working relationship weird, so you're just like, uh, fucking philosophy. I love... <laughs> You know, you got such great philosophy, and like we can philosophy together. I love your, I love the work you do. <laughs> Jenny's right there. I also did like how they make, um, they make Engels um, like a tall blonde, and then and then Marx is kind of like 
like a cute brunette, like he's sort of a smaller, sort of like slightly dorky, but like, and then, but Engels is the real, like, you know, he's like, yeah. the, he's the dream crush, but Karl Marx is the sort of like the cute shy guy. Who they, like, a little more you, approachable. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's anime Sherlock Holmes. He looks the same to me. Maybe that's just <laughs> face blindness. Um, I'm sorry, I you have anime face blindness. Yeah, he's got just like cute little hair, and he's like a very—he's got always like a vest with a puffy thing coming out of it. I mean, take your pick, Betty, Veronica, you know, Angles or Carl. <laughs> a little something for everybody in there. This is after, so after they've spent a few months together. This is when. Angles uh, meets Jenny, which, I mean, you could cut the air with a knife. <laughs> it's tough to watch, but Jenny is such a good sport. And this was the part where you're wondering what she's been doing the entire time. Um, because she just, every scene they show her in, like she talks once or twice, but she just has a tray of tea. Yeah. So she's just around and she's listening and she throws in a gag every now and then. Right, and this is the scene where she tells the maid that they're having financial problems and won't be able to pay rent. Right. Which, again, I assume is, I don't know, roughly the same as a maid. (laughs) Surely a live-in maid is about the same as an apartment. (laughs) This is the start of the the leader spin-off porn where they have to pay the maid somehow. (laughs) But, of course, the official narrative there is no uh, sex made and Karl Marx actually never had sex so (laughs) it'd be rude to bring it up and I guess if we're at the end of the episode very hard to keep track of where things begin and end in this summary (laughs) (laughs) if they're at the end of the episode they've written uh, something about German ideology and they get a rejection letter from the publisher saying like no one wants to read this like we don't need their approval anyway I already wrote something better give it to the mice (laughs) (laughs) what if we gave it to mice what if mice read our book it was so cute because they're so small and dumb and cute and they have a little mouse book and a little mouse revolution (laughs) oh and they put on their little mouse glasses to read it there's a ghost haunting mouse Europe (laughs) that's how it starts Oh boy. Well, that's pretty much it, folks. I don't know. I would have stretched that out longer, but I don't see how I could have. Uh, I mean, you know, Karl Marx anime, like I said, I, you know, I, I was sort of impressed by just how dry this was. The side, side smell, like the longing between uh, Karl and Frederick. But, you know, I mean, I think they could have. I think they could have charged it up a little bit more and just like sort of really dramatize some of these debates and stuff, some of the critiques, but yes. with, with like the anime, like whooshing, you know, yep. like, like emotion, like food wars and, or something. Yeah. 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 Or like Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted more like <laughs> dialectics. <laughs> I see your straw man, but you've walked right into my philosophy car. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I think they, they could have done more to not just literally tell you, about Hegel's dialectics. <laughs> I would like to see more dramatization or some sort of uh, visual representation of the dialectic, but through, like, you know, combat. Combat would have 
and, 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 and sort of and charging up and you know the things that uh, we want Marx did less owning fools this episode too because yeah. that was the payoff the other two episodes was like okay so nothing happened for a full 15 minutes but there was a minute there where uh, Carl threw a pie in a guy's face at a bar <laughs> <laughs> so you know you, you get like attracted to this young scamp but this one is just a man falling in love uh, so like, do you guys know anything about like so this this is made by the Chinese government essentially as state propaganda. <laughs> yes, and uh, so they, they just want to, I guess, dramatize. And I'm putting that in, in quotes the life of of Karl Marx just to show people that socialism with Chinese characteristics <laughs> is cool and sexy. I mean, I'm assuming that as this goes, the plot is going to eventually lead towards that. Like, I think that. My guess is that at some point it's going to get to the end of Marx's life. He's going to die, and then it's going to pick up again in China. <laughs> like season two of this will take place in China. Is my bet. If they do it a second season, that's just the Russian Revolution where Marx is a ghost. That's a fucking show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like he's still literally in it, but he has powers now. Yes. <laughs> I would love to see an anime about uh, Lenin and the uh, the Bolshevik Revolution. That would be I mean, way there'd be more like, interesting. Be more exciting. Way more exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. Oh, dude, there, there's there's trains in that. <laughs> yes. There's a famous train. <laughs> we, we all we all love that. They all ride different trains. It's like their <laughs> yeah. own Digimon. Type situation. <laughs> Talk about the Galaxy Express. Trotsky's train is like a sex-themed train, and yeah. Lenin's train is a forbidden train. Oh man, if they do like a Fury Road type of thing oh, with like big like racing. custom trains with like big fucking weird steampunk and shit on it. A, playing a saxophone on the front. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the, the leader is produced by Billy Billy, which is a company in China. And it, I mean, there's nothing in the wiki about it being run directly by the Chinese government. And I don't think it's a, that direct of a correlation. I think it's more that if you want to put out something on your streaming service, it can't be controversial at all. Right. Or else it's just going to be like shut down no matter well, how much money you said a, a big theme of episode two is about how state censorship is bad. <laughs> And that came up in this one right before Spy versus Spy was seen following <laughs> Karl Marx around. <laughs> is they couldn't tell the shit like it really is. So, I mean, maybe there won't be a season two. Maybe the creators at Billy Billy will be disappeared. And we'll never hear about this show again. <laughs> That'd be a shame. Uh, but then, it's like, like this, this show does have a vibe of, like you are saying, it's like... It's created so that, like, when teachers are like hungover and they just wheel in like the TV into the classroom, yeah. like you know the TV that has that big strap holding it, on right? Top of yes. the thing, <laughs> and you turn the lights off, and they're like, "Yeah, just just watch this." You adjust but the bunny ears to get the Karl Marx. If you were like, I don't know, like a, a seventh or eighth grader, like you could do worse learning about Marx and Marxism than watching this show. This has oh, got yeah. to be identical to like a George Washington show we already <laughs> make kids watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, even though he's, you know, less of an admirable guy, admirable guy George Washington did a lot more shooting than yes. Karl Marx. Yes, <laughs> exactly. A lot more stuff to watch. I don't think I've ever seen a, a cartoon depiction of just guys thinking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the George Washington anime, they're gonna there's gonna be a dramatic moment where you know a domestic scene where Martha Washington's just like, oh, we have to pay rent. Guess we can't afford all these slaves. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh wait, we don't have to pay. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh right, yeah, yeah. And then close up. I'm on afraid. Them laughing. I'm, af- I'm afraid we'll have to let you go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I love you, Commander Lafayette. (laughs) Okay, well, do we want to review the episode? I think it's time. Let's review it. Out of five Chinese stars, uh, Jeremy Hammond. There's only one Chinese star. (laughs) Out of five Chinese stars, uh... I think I'm going to give this one three out of five Chinese stars. This was wildly boring compared to the other episodes we've watched, and that's saying a lot. (laughs) Still, overall positive review. (laughs) Katie? I give it five Chinese stars. Flawless. Please do not come for me, Chinese government. (laughs) It was perfect. Amazing. I love being subservient to my husband. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. It's like what is even a rating system on this? <laughs> I don't know, but what you've ensured Xi Jinping is visiting us again, Katie. I hope you're happy. No, I'm okay. Uh, uh two. <laughs> it's too late. You've wow. already submitted your stars. You submitted your stars. You'll be a re- whole bureaucratic mess to get those stars taken back. <laughs> You'll be receiving questioning about your retconning of stars. <laughs> Will out of five stars. Uh President G, if you are listening. Five out of five, a people's <laughs> army is the uh, pride of the Chinese people and um, is um, unbeatable. I give it, you know, five out of five glorious uh, people's republics. And I just want to say uh, the best kind of socialism uh, is the kind with Chinese characteristics. Woo! I'm going to give it two out of five. This one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but because... Two of our comrades have uh, uh, gathered five Chinese stars. I'm <laughs> arise, Xi Jinping. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Who would like a new economic policy? <laughs> Which is not very different from a wish in this case. Okay, uh, just because of your of your two star review. I'm going home right now. I'm going to record a new podcast that is the critique of Balling Out Marx's critique <laughs> of the leader uh, produced by the Chinese government. Be, be on the lookout for that shortly. <laughs> the state endorses your decision. Any other fanciful strategies? Um, I just want to say love your work. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I, my brain is so fried. Right Will, now. just make two wishes so we can end this bit. First wish, obviously, for a you know global uh, a global revolution led by the dictatorship of the proletariat and the end of a class system based on uh, wage slavery mm-hmm. and the exploitation of labor by the ruling class, obviously, number one. Uh... Number two, um, just my actually sincere. My next wish is that you have got to get Matt Christman on this series <laughs> to watch the Karl Marx anime because he is he could he could talk for probably three hours about <laughs> just two minutes of this TV show. Both equally important wishes will be considered by the Bureau of Wishmaking. <laughs> das Vidanya. <laughs> and then put a song here <laughs> put the song in here okay great guys wow a show I can't wait to watch every single episode of 
How many could there possibly be? I think there's only like seven. I'm on the wiki right now. If it's over 12, I'm rioting. (laughs) Let's see. The leader, historical fiction, it is seven. Okay. All right. I'll cool off. It's it's good actually. It's a really good show. Uh, we love it. We absolutely love it. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> the actual animation was like pretty crummy too. It's so bad. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It looks like a PS2 cutscene. Yeah, it's like Eris dies in every episode yeah. of this show. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, I think that's going to be this one. Will, thanks again for coming on. My pleasure. And supporting the People's Union of Anime. Uh, do you have anything people should check out? Uh, Chopo Trap House. Chopo Trap House, it's called. Interesting. <laughs> They're calling it Chapo Trap House. <laughs> Kids love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say, you know, it's uncontroversial that, you know, we are the, you know, Marxism for the 21st century. In fact, probably better. So <laughs> check that check that out. His new characteristics on an old classic you love, <laughs> like cherry vanilla coke. No, just po- posting is the new critiquing. <laughs> All right, awesome. And uh, I think that's that's it, y'all. Slam that Chinese anthem one more time. <laughs> Real characteristics! Chinese, Chinese, Chinese characteristics! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.